This week, we're joined with Mark Willis. He's a certified financial planner, author, and owner of Lake Growth Financial Services. And Mark is here to teach you how to be your own bank in 2021. Now, we're on the other side of some political change, and there may be some new opportunities to even take more advantage of the changing tides. So we'll talk a little bit about business. We'll talk maybe some about politics, but ultimately, we're here to help you be your own bank and think creatively about your finances. So Mark, thanks for joining us. Hey, Joey. Glad to be on the show. Thank you. Hey, how'd you get into finance? Well, you know, money has this way of interacting with all of us. Started with a paper bag, taking it to the local bank. I had saved up coins and dollars for allowance and doing the the yard and all that as a little, little kid. I was happy with it, you know, know anything different. But my mom took me to the bank and told me I needed to hand over all of my hard-earned cash to a banker. And I, I watched it disappear. I kind of didn't like that. You know, it was just she was just setting up a checking account for her son, just doing the right thing, you know, getting me involved with the financial world. But little did I know that that paper bag was probably a safer place to keep my money than the bank. So that's where our journey and <laughs> my journey in finance began, I suppose. Then fast forward to college where I graduate with my wife with three private school degrees between us in 2008 with $120,000 of student loan debt with oh, no yeah. plan, no plan to pay it all off. So then we... uh Fast forward a few more years and we've got some plans for business and we've got more fun with this little gal in the future as well. So my thought is money is something that happens in all of our worlds. The question is, are we the one that manages it or is it something that is managing us? Mark, you could have planned a better adorable cameo. I have a feeling it's going to keep happening. So just be ready for it. Thank you. Hey, I, it is all good. My little one is somewhere around here. She likes to hop in, in daddy's lap. Uh, but we're talking about money and we're talking about uh you help entrepreneurs fire their banker. Why is that something that we need to be paying attention to in, in 2021? Well, it's it's something that has happened since the dawn of time, since the dawn of human civilization. There was a great book put out there last year called uh, Debt, the First 5,000 Years by David Graeber. If debt has existed that long, it's more likely to last than iPhones and cars and, I don't know, condos. The longer something lasts, the more likely it will always last. There's a principle in the biological universe referring to that. The longer something lasts, the more likely, the more durable it is through good times and bad. So banks have figured out that debt is the mo one of the most durable financial instruments, certainly more durable than my 401k or anything else. The longer something lasts, the more it's going to last. That's the principle that part of that book describes and great books like uh, Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb describe. So the the real outcome here is where are you putting your money? Are you putting your money in things that are going to last or won't last? And that's true with the pandemic. That was true before the pandemic. But especially in the last 90 days or so, a lot of our clients are starting to say, Mark, it's more and more likely that taxes are going up. Markets are going to be rattled. We're not done with volatility. You know, I don't care, you know, who's in control of the Federal Reserve or whatever else. We're going to have consistent ongoing volatility for years to come, maybe forever. So the big question is, what are the small things we can all do, small and big things that we can all do to leverage our financial, like our financial assets to create the best outcome possible? I always think that it's oftentimes the small hinge that can swing the biggest doors. And in my philosophy, 
the banking function of your life and your business is the small hinge that can swing the big door. If you control the banking function in your life, you'll win, plain and simple. If you don't control the banking function in your life and in your business, the bank's gonna win, plain and simple. Everything else is details. You know, Mark, you mentioned something about debt being durable and uh, how so many of us, what I thought of is how so many of us sometimes think about, oh, we'll always have a car note, we'll always have a loan, we'll always have something off. So why rush to be debt free or to to be debt free? But but could you talk about I, I want to talk about how banks make money uh, later on. But but can we talk about why it's important to not carry debt? OK, well, I mean, let's talk about the obvious things first. Joey, you know, I think the biggest problem with debt is that it is durable. It's enduring. And the average American spends 37% of his or her income on debt. That means a third of your day, if time is money, a third of your day is spent working for the bank. Even if you think you're your own boss, even if you're your own employer, even if you're a self-employed person, a third of your day, you're actually working for the bank. And then you throw taxes on top of that, IRS wants theirs, maybe half of our day is gone before we even start to work for ourselves. And the problem is we have a debt staircase that we climb up. We get that car payment and we climb, 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 make those regular payments. What do we do, Joey? We get to the I'm debt free moment. You know, we call the radio hosts and say, I'm debt free. (laughs) And what happens? We've got a kids getting bigger in the back seat and the car didn't smell as nice now. French fries are kind of getting wonky in the couch cushions. So what do we do? We buy a new car or a bigger car or a bigger house, or we get that master's degree, or we get that next credit card or that pool that the neighbors got that now we have to keep up with the Joneses. So we fall back down the debt staircase and we do it all over again. Now, some people say, Mark, I have 0% interest credit cards. I got 2% interest car loans. I've got you know, 6% interest student loans. My mortgage is at 3%. I'm doing great. And I would like to tell that person it's not the uh, rate, it's the volume that counts. It's not the rate, it's the volume. It doesn't matter how fast I eat my dinner tonight. The rate of consumption doesn't matter as much as the volume. If I eat way too much, I'm going to get fat. Doesn't matter how fast or slow I eat for the most part. How much is on the plate? Yeah, I could die eating too much food, right? The rate doesn't matter. It's the volume that counts. So, What's the problem with debt? Well, I don't know. Nothing if you're a banker. In fact, it's the solution. It's not the problem. It's the solution. If you're sitting behind the the banker's desk, that's my short answer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you you have a personal story that you started out with about how uh, you and your wife had some debt. Where's your debt picture now? How did you conquer it? What sort of advice can you give for for somebody who's listening and, and maybe has that student loan or has that car and they're trying to find a way out this year. Yeah, thanks, Joey. I, it, it's a conundrum for most people. We talked about the debt staircase. We climb, 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 crawl, scratch our way back up to net zero only to fall back down. What's the alternative? Well, save, save, save. Okay, we save in a savings account or money market account somewhere where we can earn a little interest. We drive the old car for a few extra years while we're packing away. But what happens? Now I've got 30 grand in my savings account and I go and walk in and I feel like I'm so cool because I'm paying cash for that car. Write that check, feels good. But what happens? We have an empty feeling. Back to food, it's empty calories. Every time we pay cash for something, we've lost the opportunity to continue to grow that money for the rest of our life. Joey, how much interest does my $0 savings account earn me? Zero. Yeah, zero. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) zero times anything is zero. So, you know, how much do my $30,000 car actually cost over my lifetime? If I hadn't bought that car, 
And I had left my 30 grand in a interest bearing savings account instead, depending on kind of interest, we might be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars that we missed out on just because we did one wrong thing and paid cash. So the truth is we finance everything we buy. Either we pay interest to a bank, credit card, finance company, or we pass up interest by paying cash and never seeing that dollar grow for me ever again. That's the the conundrum uh, that we have when it comes to buying stuff. Now, Joey, I got to drive somewhere. You got to drive somewhere. We need cars. We hopefully take a couple of vacations. Hopefully we invest in our business, buy some real estate and do other things that we want to do with our life, send our kid to college without going broke. So how do we buy these big purchases? The banks are there to step in. They figured it out. All of us have to buy stuff in life. So the question is, are you the banker of your life or did you give that job to somebody else? And I'm here to say it's possible to be your own banker. That's the solution to buying stuff stuff that we all need. If you're your own banker, you could pay yourself an interest and actually get wealthy as you're making purchases on yourself. If you're in control of the banking function in your life, like I said, you win. You know, I don't care what your mutual funds give you. And fine, I'm, I'm happy to see it when those stock market's up. That That's good, I guess. But that's paper profit. There's nothing real about stock market wealth. There's nothing real about my, my home value going up. It only counts when you actually get that check from the buyer. You know, whenever someone's willing to pay you for that Tesla stock or that Bitcoin, that's when the real value comes in. But with banking, when I'm the banker in my life, I get to control the environment where my money lives. I get to pay myself a bank regular monthly payment. I can skip a payment if I'm in trouble financially. So it's it's a great way to build some financial peace and honestly sanity into our financial lives. Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing, project consulting, and phone support. Enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the U.S., from new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy-to-use, hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com slash contact. So Mark, let's get practical for a second. How do we become the bank? You, you mentioned real estate, stocks, investing, and, and how it's it's only real. I say it's only real when you cross the finish line, right? Because you've got this asset and you aren't cashing in on it until you've traded it in exchange for the, the monetary value. So how do you become the banker? What are the steps you need to take? Where do you store your cash? What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. We've been kind of high up in the stratosphere. Let's bring it down the ladder some. So there's about 450 financial vehicles that we can put money into. As a certified financial planner, they take you through all of them in your studies to getting those credentials. So I got my CFP a few years ago and I kind of as best as I could, tried to number how many different places people can put money as I was going through all those studies. Turns out there's a little over 450. So it really comes down to where you put your money because where you put your money makes it act differently. That's such an obvious statement, Joey, but it's hard to overemphasize how important that is. And to be honest, again, I cannot recommend anybody do anything. Just listening to this show. I have no clue about your goals, your concerns. But if you're focus is to become your own source of financing. There's two ways to become your own banker. One, 
is to open up a FDIC insured bank down the street. You need about 10 million bucks. You need about eight or nine years to to go through paperwork and you need a bank charter to get there. So if you don't have all those things, <laughs> uh, then the other way to do it they is- have, They have the years, but not the millions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you do, please give me a call. But <laughs> but um, if barring those options, you can also use a, a little known form of dividend paying whole life insurance of all things, where you can run this same strategy through a whole life insurance policy. Now, this is different than the kind of whole life insurance that most radio gurus uh, and experts like to tarnish on the air. Uh, It's designed instead of commissions and death benefit, the policy is designed for wealth accumulation. Uh, So I'll back up for a minute. When I first heard about this, my mind immediately shut off and I instantly thought this can't happen. This can't be true, you know. Uh, but the more I studied it, the more compelling it became to me as a solution to a lot of Americans' woes. Uh, so I'll, I'll quickly mention what whole life insurance can do, and then how it functions like a bank. Not a bank like we know on the corner down the street, but like a bank, you can use it like a bank for your major purchases in life. So, okay, a couple of things. One, whole life insurance has a cash value. That's different than the death benefit. Of course, that's there and that'll be great for my family. But while I'm alive, I'll enjoy the cash value for all of my major purchases. And it grows on a it grows on a guaranteed basis every single year. All right. So every year it's building and growing with no market risk outside of the stock market. Guaranteed. Also, it's accessible. To me. So that's the second thing. It's accessible cash. That means I can use it for my business. I can use it for my daughter uh, or my family. I can use it to fix up our kitchen. I can use it to pay off my student loans, which I did, by the way. The third thing is it's accessible with no taxes due. So unlike 401ks and IRAs, which are going to be taxed to high heaven in the future when we're all retired. This is a more like a Roth IRA in that you can access both principal and gains under the tax law totally income tax-free. And then finally, the big thing for most of us listening is you can borrow against the cash value and the policy, amazingly, will continue to grow as if there is no loan. And that's bananas. So I got to say it one more time. If I've got $100,000 in cash value, for example, and let's say I borrow against that cash value 30 grand to go buy my car, that year, I'll still get the full guaranteed increase of cash plus the dividends on the entire 100,000 bucks as if I hadn't touched a dime of the money, Joey. Now, to me, that beats paying cash. That solves the problem that most Americans are faced with. Do I finance the car? Do I pay cash for the car? Both of those savers and debtors end up back at net zero, don't they? Yeah. At the end of the story. This solves that problem. It's the It lifts us off from net zero. It's like escape velocity for your money. So that's the tangible. We use a whole life policy designed the bank on yourself way. We call it a bank on yourself type whole life policy because it's categorically different from the whole life insurance that we've likely heard of in the, in the past. And having done this now for about a decade, it's amazing to see how clients are using it for their business, for their e-commerce business, their real estate investing, their, you know, I just had a guy the other day buy some gold with his policy. I don't know, whatever you want to use the the cash for, including, I just had a story where uh, a client of uh, one of our associates used it to buy a Tesla. Now I'm not recommending everybody go do that, but you know, heck, if you're able to go for it, it's your money. Oh, that's awesome, Mark. Yeah. And so I've been hearing more about these, uh, this, this type of life insurance plan. And if I'm just now hearing more about it, I'm sure our audience is kind of picking their brain to figure out how can they learn more about it. So are there any books you can recommend or podcasts? I know you're a podcaster as well. So definitely 
drop your your podcast link so people can learn more from you. But how do you how do you get started to learn about this and what sort of action do you need to take to prepare yourself to be ready to get one of these plans? There are 400,000 life insurance agents in this country, Joey. 400,000. That's one for every 800 Americans. So do you think every single one of those insurance agents are an expert in this particular type of life insurance? Not even close. There are a lot of, I'll just call them um, big influencers uh, and YouTube advisors out there that, you know, are doing just like it sounds. You know, they just Googled this last week and are trying to figure out a way to market it in their business. And so be very careful who you work with. Um, when you go to the store, some people like organic food. And if you're into that sort of thing, you maybe you already know that organic food has a certain label. It says USDA organic and it's green and white. But then there's this other granola bar sitting next to that organic one that says natural. What is natural? Is There's no regulation on the word natural. My uh, motor oil could say the word natural on it. Okay. There's nothing healthy about the word natural. So you want to look for a USDA organic style professional and the best only really credential I'm aware of out there in this part of the financial universe is called the bank on yourself professionals program. It's a certification. I had to go through it. Uh, I'm mentored. It took me a couple of years to be mentored to a place where I could be proficient in this strategy. It's about as tough as getting my CFP. Uh, there's about 200 financial professionals in the country, the United States and Canada, that uh, are called bank on yourself professionals. So best thing I can do is just look for a bank on yourself professional. Everything else becomes easier when you do that. Otherwise, you're going to have to be you know, educating your insurance agent or, or investment advisor. And they're going to be telling you to go buy some term insurance or buy a universal life policy. Unfortunately, I see that too often. People who think they have these bank on yourself policies and they're still in the market with their variable life insurance or their term insurance that doesn't grow cash. So there's just too many gotchas. Uh, you want to work with an expert engineer in these particular strategies. That's the one thing I could tell folks to do. And yeah, please educate yourself. That's the second thing most important is to educate yourself on this strategy. You don't have to be a PhD in this, but, you know, kind of get the awareness of where the brakes are, where the keys go, you know, where the eject button is <laughs> on this strategy. So it's not a good fit for everybody either. So it's a great opportunity for you to educate yourself on what it is good for and what it's not good for, which I'm happy to talk about, Joey. But bottom line, you can go to um, Not Your Average Financial Podcast where you can learn more about this over 100, 150 episodes where we try to dispel the myth and tell it to you straight. We love talking to folks and you can go click on request a meeting on, on that site if you want to meet me and learn more. But just the podcast is not your average financial podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mark, it's been a pleasure having you on the show and talking about how to be your own bank. You know, not every not every conversation we have on here is about wealth and money, but when we do, try to expose our listeners and viewers to some opportunities that can help advance their life in ways that maybe they haven't seen before. So do the due diligence, go check out Mark's podcast, check out the resources that he's mentioned. And uh, if you love this show, well, why not leave it a five-star review, screenshot, let me know that you are watching, uh, and ta tag me, Joey B. Price HR. Uh, Mark, do you have any parting thoughts that you want to share with our audience? Well, Joey, you, I'm sure, regularly remind your audience to get those reviews out there. I'm going to do it too. Everybody needs to stop what you're doing right now and go write Joey a review. He works hard on this podcast. It's an amazing show. I loved listening to a couple of your other episodes, Joey, before being on. And everybody, I know it's, I know you're busy 
And I know, Joey, you probably tell folks, remind folks to get those reviews out there, but it matters. It changes people's lives when they subscribe to a show like Joey's and they subscribe when they see people like them writing five-star reviews. So what are you waiting for? Get to the iTunes show store review or, or wherever you're listening to this on Stitcher or whatever and write that review. Joey will be so grateful to you uh, and I will be too. So get that review out. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Well, till next time, this has been the Business Life and Coffee Show. I will see you again next Tuesday with another fresh episode. If you're listening on radio, it's uh, Wednesday and Sunday. So take care. Have a great week and see you next week.